This episode of History Replays today is brought to you by River City Sags, the premier Segway tour company in Richmond. The only Segway tour company in Virginia with an indoor Segway-specific training area. Find out more information or just book your tour right away at RiverCitySags.com. River City Segs is celebrating their first anniversary here in August 2013. To thank everyone who's come out and supported us over the year, and just to bring folks out, let you know what you've been missing over the last year, when you book your tour, put in the promo code 1805-1805. is our address, 1805 East Gray Street in Shaco Bottom. You'll get $18.05 off your Segway tour. How about that? That's a pretty good deal. I'm a partner and a tour guide there, so there's a very good chance you could actually come out and take a tour with me. And remember, most importantly, always practice safe segs. This is History Replays Today, the Richmond History Podcast. My name is Jeff Major. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you feel fantastic wherever it is you're listening to this. This episode has Hugh Campbell. Hugh Campbell is a barber and the owner of the John Marshall Barber Shop in Shaco Bottom. And he's been in Shaco Bottom clipping hairs for almost 50 years now. Uh, I mean, the, the, the amount of changes that have happened in Shaco Bottom over the last 50 years merciful heavens. I mean, that's that's pretty substantial. Um, if you can think about Shaco Bottom right now, and then think about Shaco Bottom in 1963. Hmm. Hmm. A little bit different. Um, the barbershop is located at 509 East Franklin Street. Head on down there. Get yourself a nice haircut if you need one. Um, I have. Got myself a great haircut. Um, the barbershop as well. I'm actually unofficially calling it the oldest in the city, the oldest barbershop in the city, until someone tells me any different. It did open on October 29th of 1929. And if you happen to be thinking, ooh, ooh, that sounds familiar, October 29, 1929, um, that's the same day that the market crashed that caused the Great Depression, which is not a fantastic day to start a business, which I do talk to him a, a little bit about that. Um, we also get into some of the you know more famous folks that have uh, been through the barbershop, um, including Richard Nixon, the first Bush, um, both of them, if you don't know, U.S. presidents. Um, Winston Churchill was a prime minister. Uh, Elvis, Elvis Presley is going to make a couple appearances. Um, talk to him, talk about him a couple times in and out of the barbershop for that matter. And Bruce Willis comes in and, you know, the John Marshall's you know, they serve as governors, senators, all kinds of folks. And, you know, they're right by the Capitol there. So pretty interesting things going on. And this was the first conversation that I recorded. So um, I wish I had uh, dug a little deeper into some of the stories, especially Winston Churchill. And, you know, it, it, I felt a little bit pressed. Uh, we had, you know, so much history to cover. And... He had things to do. He had he had clients. And since he is a good businessman, he's also a great barber, he didn't want to keep them waiting. And 
same thing. I don't want to keep you guys waiting uh, that are listening to this. So if you do know of an older barbershop or you know just want to comment on this, uh, this episode, you can comment at historyreplacetoday.org. You can actually email me at jeffmajor, J-E-F-F-M-A-J-E-R, at historyreplacetoday.org. I am on Facebook, History Replays Today, on Twitter, at History Replays, and on Tumblr, History Replays Today. Now, let's listen to my conversation with Hugh Campbell. The shop opened the day the stock market fell, October 29th. Right, right. Um, and you obviously weren't. I wasn't there, but I had the pleasure of working with several folks that, when I started in 1967, Uh uh, I had the privilege of working with several people that had started in that time, Mr. Cox and Mr. Pierce. Right? Yeah. And I imagine, I mean, were they, I mean, I guess you've heard stories, I mean, when that, not a good day to start a barbershop. You know what, it wasn't. Uh, Quickly, uh, of course, the business dried up. But haircuts in this in the John Marshall Barbershop were fifty cents, which was really pretty pricey back in the day. Okay. But uh, Mr. Cox said at the end of the week there wasn't enough money for all of them there. It was just it was really tough times for them. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, because and that's coming right off of the you know the twenties where everybody was fat cats, and um, I mean I can only imagine you know some of the things I've read about downtown and what was going on there. Yeah. Um, and then just go right in the toilet like that, just must have been. Yeah, um, and they talked about it with passion. And uh, even though it was tough times, they, they, they had, it was an enthusiasm. It's hard to explain. Right. You know, that they made it, they got through it. And they stayed yeah. open the entire time, right? The hotel, uh, the barbershop stayed open that whole Right. Period. Yeah. And. I tried to look, I don't know where you'd find, ever find this, but I mean, do you know an old barbershop in Richmond? No, I do not. I mean, I don't. can we unofficially uh, say the oldest barbershop? I, I think you could do it and be pretty safe. Yeah. Uh, especially ongoing. Sure. You know, right, right. Uh, the first owner owned it not even a year. He lost it. Okay. And a guy named Woodall bought it okay. in 1930. And owned it till 1960. Okay. And my boss, Mr. Hicks, who started cutting hair in the barbershop in 1946, he bought it in 1960. And then I started in 67 and I bought it in 82. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, and that's the uh, history of the owners. And did you grow, uh, grew up in Richmond? I did. Yeah. Out yeah. on the south side. Yeah. And what, um, I mean, it was just a job or like, do you just need to? Some, you know. I was trying, you know, my, my dad uh, was in the Second War, spent uh-huh. two years in the VA with these injuries and things, and smart man, and he said the Vietnam War, he felt, was not an honorable war. Right. And he said, if you can get in a guard unit to do it, and I did, and I had some friends in the Air National Guard at Birdfield, mm-hmm. and uh, I needed a deferment uh, to wait. It was a waiting list to get into guard unit. Sure. So the only reason I went to barber school was to get a deferment. Right. So I went a year and two or three or four months to barber school to get my apprenticeship going. So when I got off of active duty, I had 18 months on an apprenticeship to get my master's at doing what I do. Sure. I had lined a job up at DuPont and 
cutting hair was not on the radar at any right. point. It was just uh, at 18 months, I figured, hey, if I retire from DuPont, maybe I'll cut hair a day or two a week. Right. It, wasn't a, it wasn't a career move. Sure. So that 18 months has turned into 46 years. Sure, sure. Yeah. So. And it seems like it worked out all right for you. You know right? what? It's in so many ways. Not only the people we have met, uh, which I enjoy folks anyway. Yeah. You have to do that to do it. We do. Right. You know, seem, you're either a really good actor or you enjoy what you do. I, every time I, I do. Here, you look like you're having a ball. So. Yeah. You know, it's funny. At the end of that 18 months, I said, you know what? This is really awesome stuff. Right, right. The, especially the type of people. You waited on the business folks and not to knock other shops or other hair cutteries or anything like that. Uh, we are a businessman shop. And sure. the, the lawyers, we've done just about all the governors since 1929, so we have a long history there. And uh, the, the other folks that's been through there, you know, it's been, I just enjoy it. Yeah. And not only has it financially been decent to me, it's, it's, it's never been what I call work. Right. And I, I still enjoy it. I can't do the hard hours. You know, I only work a couple of days a week. And mm-hmm. Linda and Victor, and we're ready to bring another person in. They do the, uh, they, they can hold it down. Yeah. yeah. That's that's yeah. that's the good life, right? I, I have my cake and eat it too. Yeah. Right yeah. And so I guess growing up, living on the south side, did people come downtown? I mean, was that, that was a, you know what we a destination? Or? We, we had, uh, I grew up in, little neighborhood called Bensley down on South Side and we'd walk five blocks, four or five blocks to catch the bus. Uh-huh. And we would uh, and you'd have to dress up, you know, coat and tie and all. Even as a little guy. And mom had her hat and her stuff. and off we'd go, we'd catch that bus and we'd come downtown here to uh they had a bus stop at six fifth and sixth and uh, and uh Grace over here, right? And we'd go to the department stores, and we'd have lunch down here. And that afternoon, we'd get on the bus and head back to Southside. Right, yeah. that's a good time, right? Oh, uh, you betcha. And I guess that was probably a regular thing, right? Or is that like a special, or is that? We did a uh, fair amount of times, yeah. Yeah, we did. And it's kind of exciting to see. It seems like more people are starting to come. Down for destinations. You you you, you um, know what uh, the Milton Roads, Tall Hammers, all the satellite stores that were involved in the department stores. When the malls first started popping up around the area, you could almost see what probably would happen. Right. And but everybody, you had to go do your shopping here. Tall Hammers and Milton Roads and Barry Burks and Coatsbury and and uh, all the other little stores, you know. <clears throat> but it was just hustle and bustle in this city. Sure. It, it was really amazing uh, to see the city back then. Right. But today, you have the younger people moving in. The hotel is pretty much 100% occupied. We're working on our lease for some other retail. Of course, we're back on our property. And my numbers and all it, it pretty much dictate what's going on in the area because I'm watching my numbers bubble up like this. Fantastic. You know, sometime back, uh, uh, Doug Wilder, uh, Governor Wilder was in, we were talking and uh, I said, you know, I looked around the city one day and I said, wow, the John Marshall Barbershop is the anchor store. Yeah. We were it. Right. Everybody flight to the county. Right. But with that said, you know what? The leadership is better. Mm-hmm. It's just so many things that's falling in line. Sure. To see the city, the city will continue to grow. 
Right. We were down here at 525 eating a couple Fridays ago, and to see the activity with people walking dogs and jogging, standing on the corner. Right. You know what? A couple, three, four years ago, you didn't see it. Absolutely. And the only people on this street out here were people walking down to come into the barbershop. Sure. And so I guess since you've been on your coast here, I mean, is there a higher point? That you say that you thought, you know, I mean, you know, obviously the 20s and then it went down. But I mean, is there a yeah. point where you say that was? Um, well, you know what? Back in the uh, this, everything cycles around. Right. Probably the this last uh, outside of the, the initial kickoff of the John Marshall Barbershop during the Depression, that was tough. Right. But probably this last uh, seeing the city go. I couldn't have done this as a young man. Only reason I pulled this off is because I'm where I am in my life. Sure. I didn't need certain things, you know. So I was determined. It was the only place I worked, had ever worked. And I started here, and I'm going to finish it here. That's It's just one of those that's deals. Fantastic. So I dug my heels in. Uh, you know, this two-year adventure, when we had to move off the property, ended up being more like six. Right. And they told me two years, and then they'd say another eight months. If I'd have known six years, I'm, I'm glad I didn't know it. I probably I might not have done it. Right, and that was through a full renovation of the building, right? The six years, because I remember exactly you know, riding by and seeing you guys in that little strange parking garage, and it looked like you're like it was almost like a prison barbershop. It was awesome. like so weird. Um, and the, uh, I mean, how did you still get clients in there? I mean, is that is that I mean, people knew they were there. Yeah. Oh, well, that was what was happening. Uh, you know, you walk by where I am now, and it's a very attractive front from the red, the, the around the glass, the barber pole turning. You look in, it's very attractive from the street. When you look into the shop, the decor, right, laid it out. Over there, it was a temporary thing. We put it together to be temporary. People would walk by and look, but they wouldn't come in. It wasn't anything to attract them in. So we didn't have a walk-in clientele. It was word of mouth. And our patrons, the folks that stuck with us that whole period. Sure. Uh, problem, they were retiring and moving away and dying. So the little business started to shrink. Right. Where I went from eight employees down to three. Sure. Over there. And at two at times. But now it's bubbling back. My CPA the other day. I had a little smiley face on some work we've done and said, you know, it's good to see your numbers going that way. So we're already 40-plus percent. Fantastic. Yeah, since we just moved in. Every day you have three, four, five walk-ins. That's your future. So those folks, once they come in and see what Linda and myself and Victor does, they come back. We're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. And, right. uh, they, they do come back. So it's building. It's building sure. really quickly. And so I'm going to say, like this... If you put, in, I think if you shake this table, it might be making a crazy sound on the microphone. Okay. So if you just kind of, well, if you put your elbow on this other table, that's the bar right now. Yeah, yeah, just getting all hyped. So um, yeah, if you just scoot down maybe six inches, that'd be awesome. Just so it's not. Uh, I want to get off of this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I guess when you started here, and you said 68, 67, 67. You look out the window of the bar oh, shop. What, what, what was there? Oh my, everything. You had the doctors across the street. Okay. The professional building. I was filled up with all the doctors. And it was a tall, I mean, how, how just, tall was it? Right, I, is it the same, same building? That's right? it right there, yeah. Oh, this, this, oh yeah. yeah. So I, I, for some reason, I thought that was a, a newer building. But. No, no, that was built, I, I, I 
don't remember the year, but it's been around a while, and, and where Penny Lane is over there was a fur, Alan Furs. Oh, wow. Yeah, they were there. And, uh, oh my gosh, and then they, uh, it was just, uh, where Steve's restaurant in was Michael's, which really was a nice restaurant. Plus, we had the Captain's Grill in here, which was awesome. The Soup Factory, we called it, in the building here, which was, you couldn't get into place, they were really busy. Okay, nice. Yeah. So, I mean, there was a lot of people. I mean, it was, this was an active area. Hustle, bustle. Hustle, bustle. People would come down, and uh, people would come down and uh, do some shopping. They'd drop the wives off, and then they'd come around and have their hair done. Right. Then their wife would come around, and they'd go have lunch down here. It's just, just a constant. And so, I mean, I'm assuming you kind of filled in the gaps, because I know, like, right now, you know, when, um, when the legislature's in session, it seems like it's it's busy down here. And then the other times, you know, taking people around downtown, sometimes people are like, where is everybody? And it's like, you know, it's, you know, it's Saturday and there's no nothing in session, right? Yeah. The banks are all closed and the government's it's closed. It's like you so, the streets. Right. But now on the weekends, you come down with the people at this building doing as well as it has. And the other one's opening up. Mellon Rose and all the other ones where people move in. It's just, you're seeing that. It's Sure. It's... Just to, it's just different uh, in a good way, right? You know, right. I think. And so, I guess speaking of the, I mean, you mentioned you get governors and all these. You know, I'm sure a lot of the legislature and whatnot. Um, does that work out? I mean, I'm sure we're, I mean, there's no big fighting, but I mean, you get, it seems like a pretty awesome place to have uh, some bipartisan talking, right? You never know. I've yeah. had uh, Jerry Blyles was in the other day, and then one hoped and there's a Democrat and a Republican, and. Uh, you get them away from what they do. Right. They're really buddies underneath all the sure. hatchet stuff. Sure. They are. Off TV and, and whatnot. Yeah. It sure. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I, I enjoy them all. Right. Know? And uh, one of the girls that worked for me, she said, Mr. Campbell, all the, when they roasted me here in the building, we had Jerry Blouse. I had, had a lot of people roasting on me. Okay. Um, uh, all the stars, you know, just a lot of folks kind of folks. And uh, but they always say they don't know how to stand on my political stuff <laughs> right here, and I love them all. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and over the years, you know, I've had people from Bruce Willis in there, Winston Churchill. I've taken care of several presidents, Bush uh, one and uh, Nixon. I spent a lot of people. And when you go down and look at the shop, that floor, that's the original floor from 29. Right. They, they said they couldn't save that floor. I said, you go on, you have to. And I know it was a great expense to keep that floor. It was a week's worth of grinding and working. Every day they grind it, circled areas that wouldn't and grind. They wanted to cover it up. I said, no. I said, so folks have been through here. It was really important to keep the integrity of that floor. Sure. Did not want to cover it. So I don't know how long ago Bruce Willis is in here, but I mean, did you give him a little discount? So I mean, there's a little light on the hair on no. top nowadays. <laughs> you know He's definitely not as much hair. Really a delight. He really was a delight. He, 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 he had trimmed up. Uh-huh. And uh, he received a manicure as well. Okay. And he and the little girl was doing the manicure. He he was so funny. He Her face, she could read anyway. And he would lean his leg against her leg, you know. And she, uh-huh. here she is doing Bruce Willis. And right. Stuff. You could tell it. And how long ago was that? Was that when he was doing a movie here? Was, was that like yeah, in the 90s? Uh, Late nineties, probably. Gosh, I can't uh, that movie. I actually John then We were still Jack. over here. Uh, when was that? Uh, that was like I was in college. Actually, who was GI Jane? I think he might have been here for. Okay. Early. 
when he did grow what's her face yeah um Demi Moore yeah. yeah okay fair enough I think I think it was he's been here several times okay oh really okay mm -hmm. yeah and so I mean how many celebrities hear about you I guess right because I know there's you know what the Jefferson well I'll tell you a quick story on Bruce Willis uh, yeah the Jefferson called and says uh, Bruce Willis is in town he needs a haircut and my do I said we're really busy if anybody has a cancellation well so I hang up and I told all the girls in there this one had my eight employees and there was a couple guys me and the girls and I said anybody has a cancellation today Bruce Willis is up there and it got really quiet <laughs> and he couldn't believe I didn't say come down and all that you're telling me good. so I had to get on the phone and I said uh, you tell uh, Tommy drives it Right. I said, Tommy, bring him down here. He'll get a haircut. <laughs> that's <laughs> They would have kicked everybody out of the chair to get Bruce Willis. That's fantastic. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, the, uh, and I guess, you know, so, I mean, do you have, like, the, the political folks? I mean, you've seen most of those governors. I mean, governors, any better or worse? Do you have any, like, favorite governor? Or any, I mean, not politically, but just, like, the ones you'd like to see? That, um, you know, especially a lot of those folks, you know, you see their policies and whatnot, and then you're like, you know, who... who their job is to be nice, right? So when you see them in handshake them on the street, of course they're nice, that they're politicians. Um, but I mean, you sit them down for 10 to 15 minutes, I mean, is there anybody that you just loved or you hated? Know what? Or? I, probably, I, I didn't dislike any of them. Okay. For probably, you know, uh, I maybe shouldn't say this. <laughs> but, uh, I won't. Uh, That's all right. I put it this way: we had a few characters along the okay, way. Okay, fair enough. And uh, Jerry Belisle to probably was my favorite in the sense he so smart, uh, down to earth. Probably Linwood Holcomb would be in there. Okay. And uh, oh my gosh, uh, I remember the first governor, Alberta Harrison. White, handsome man, you know, three-piece suit, and I remember him. And he was, he was. You could tell he was old school, but he was always nice and polite. Mills Godwin, another, right. another true gentleman, you know, came through there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and Holton, that's like when during the desegregation schools, seventies. Right? Yeah, yeah, you know, he, he stepped up to the plate. He finally did that. Right. He yeah. sent his children. Yeah. Right. And. Uh, Tim Payne, Timmy's nice guy. Yeah, know, he is. I've actually talked to him before. Yeah. But you know, again, it's when I've talked to him, it's like you know, you never know any yeah. of these politicians. They should, they they seem so nice and turn around. And, uh, Forty-six you know, years. I really, I don't know if anybody can get anything out of anyone any better than I. Am. I like, yeah, that's. And when you get them in there, and they, like I say, they become your buddies. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been invited to uh, done things with a lot of the governors. They've invited me to different things. Yeah, over the years. Excellent. Yeah. Any dirt? I mean, it's worth a shot, right? It's probably not going to happen, but like, good, dirty, I mean, uh, Well, yeah, yeah. but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I figured I'd ask, right? Yeah. It couldn't hurt. Uh, John Warner, uh, I don't know why he just popped in now. Probably, probably wouldn't get these guys coming back if you were, if you were shoveling the dirt. So, oh, yeah. no, <laughs> no, I won't do the dirt. <laughs> but uh, John Warner, and he, wherever he went up, anywhere across the country, he'd bring me something. Didn't matter. Great guy. Liz Taylor, uh, I met her probably half a dozen times, which is, mm -hmm. she remember the first time she walked into the barbershop. She said, uh, she hugged my neck. She said, hey, you just do so much for John. Right. Yeah. And she was kind of, 
But she had these gorgeous eyes. Mm -hmm. When she looked at you, she just unbelievable. Excellent. Yeah. And uh, the, I guess what like, is there down points? What do you think about the down points of this area? It was like the lowest point we, other than like the actual shop being kicked out and stuck into a little prison over in a parking garage. You, you um, talk about the city, the actual, yeah, the area that we're in, you know, the, where you know what this. Yeah, uh, I think uh, the biggest disappointment for me in this city was that Henry Marsh. First thing he said when he was elected mayor. You know, and, it, and the things that was happening probably wouldn't... Some things need to change, and I understand that during that particular time with the city and in the country and uh, the race thing and all that. But he had an opportunity to correct things and all, and he did. He, first thing he said when he stood up was, we have the power and we're going to do it our way, instead of saying, look, we're going to make it right. You know, and he, he antagonized... Any middle class black and white people, everybody fight to the county. And the only people left in this city were people drawn off of the system. Right, okay. And when that was what, in the um, 80s? Or like the 70s? Late 70s. Late 70s. 70s, okay. During that period. And he had an opportunity, and I was really disappointed. And uh, But you know what? We have some great leadership now. Mm -hmm. I tell people it's so nice, you know, it's been some years since we had any of our council folks go to jail. Right. So that's kind of refreshing. So right? You bet you're wrong. It's, uh, it truly is. Makes the newspapers a little less interesting, but you it, know, it's sure is a good thing for the city. But it is. That was part of the problem is the heartbeat. Right. Had. But you know what? They wouldn't talk about the history of this city. They wanted to sweep it under the rug. And it has so much history, right and wrong. Doesn't matter. Right. I would love to see the slave museum stay here in Richmond. Absolutely. Didn't need to be here. Didn't need to be anywhere else here in Richmond. Right. Should have been here with the rest of it. Yeah. But not only the history, it's the capital of your state. It's on a quarter, 9564, that's unbelievable. You can go within an hour and 45 minutes, you can be in the mountains or you can be on the ocean. It's a wonderful city. The people are nice. Well, a lot of folks, guy was in the shop the other day, just moved down from Philadelphia. He said, boy, I love the people in Richmond. Right, right. He just likes that. And, uh, that makes you feel good about it. It's true. You betcha. Yes, uh, and I think there is a definitely a, um, a Richmond pride that yeah. uh, that doesn't exist before. So um, this seems to be swelling the last maybe five. I uh, love years. it. People are moving here. The young people. To help. It's this, and I'm probably seeing it more than anybody. I, I saw it disappear, and I saw my numbers do this. Right. And by my numbers and the things I'm watching now. You, you can tell it's on its way back. And when, and when things were disappearing, I mean, it's just empty shops. I mean, or there's, you know, no, lower class stuff moving in. It wasn't bad. It wasn't anything. It just, was, it was just out of here. I'm out of here. If it wasn't for the offices down the hill and my loyal folks, the lawyers and the business folks there and the government folks down here, you know, right. it, been, it wouldn't have been doable to do sure. what we're doing, you know. Yeah. So, and then, yeah. I've got about six or seven minutes. Okay, that's fine. Well, uh, I guess the, so. The, so the '70s were pretty bad. James Center is probably going to be that's built. That's going to probably help out a lot, right? Uh, or I would have gone that way. Uh, I would have hit it up then because that was a very active area, probably yeah. the only really active area in the city. I mean, and, and so, what what do you think out of the '70s? What got us out of the out of that? You know, just changing leadership, or was there the leadership probably was the biggest thing? Okay, I really think it was the leadership. 
Because, yeah. um, you know, the, I guess the Sixth Street Marketplace comes on after that, right? What a joke. Early 80s, yeah, that was a... They thought they were going to stop the bleeding. That wasn't why people were leaving Richmond. You could build all that. When they were building, I said, that, matter of fact, a couple of my people said, you need to, that's where the action's going to be. You need to take your barbershop and move it into the Sixth Street. Where would I be now? Yeah. But I saw it. I knew what was going to happen, and that wasn't going to keep people in this city. Sure. It was the leadership as much as anything else. Right. And what, you know what? No fairness with Richmond. It wasn't just Richmond. Yeah. You look around. Look at Detroit, what it's going through now. But you look, it, it, it happens around the countryside. Sure. And we, the good news for us, it's going in a positive way this right. direction again. That well, makes me Yeah, it seems like the Sixth Street Marketplace was definitely a time when they were... There was, it seems like there was empty storefronts, and then what the city thought was we needed more storefronts. Yeah. You, you know, so it was like... Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it just, when, and when they all agreed on that, I think, man, what a wasted amount of money. It's not going to work. Sure. And then Henry Marsh forced, and it's okay now, the Coliseum. Right. Because of that area. That was really a bad area over there, and I understand... Like dangerous and whatnot, or it was like slums, or... The other group wanted to put it down near the river. We wasn't using the river for anything. Right. It was being, wouldn't be used. And so they ended up over there, which is fine now. The city's growing and it's okay over there now. Yeah, actually, I don't even know yet. What was over there before the Coliseum? Old row homes. Okay. These shotgun homes, you know. And, and just kind of light. Um, yeah, just yeah. not looking great. Yeah, not a, not a nice environment whatsoever. Right. Not at all. Yeah. And I guess they're talking about trying to replace that now, so, mm. um, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, and, I mean, what do you, I mean, what, what, how do you feel the leadership's doing now? It's actually, you know, what are they doing that's making that transition now that's getting done that they haven't done in the past? You know what, uh, what are they doing? You know what, probably not a whole lot different, but the, it's an image. Right, It's yeah. It's not, I don't think really, rocket science they've, they've changed all this around to come to here I think it's just they've shown a little more calmness they've shown a little more uh, normal sure. if you will you know and we didn't have that they would sit there and glare at each other and they'd talk down each it was just horrible yeah. the way they were doing it and now you watch them and even when they disagree it's not a sure not you know, you not did, that fight. Did, it has a better attitude probably more than anything right else. yeah the, uh, uh, I guess because we're running a little bit out of time, I mean, you have, uh, who, are, who are some of the other, I mean, you said Bruce Willis, and then the first President Bush came in, and what, what was President Bush doing at the time? He was just, uh, you just know, visiting. I don't remember, I remember the security people coming in, checking yeah. it out, and, you know, and then he came in, you know what? And I guess they had to come in beforehand, right? They do. Yeah, okay. And, and what are the, like, you know, and I'm always with the folks, I kept it. Where I want him to enjoy not only the haircut but the experience of it. Not, sure. Oh, Mr. President, can I do this, Mr. I, I, you know, he was shot in. You know, he went over in, in a, his plane. Right. And I worked on fighter jets in okay. the Air Force. Right. And we had that bond. And I was telling about the F 84 Fs that I worked on. I was a crew chief and all that kind of stuff. And we had that. And he just enjoyed talking about the military and the airplanes. What well, he flew, by, sure. he flew by wire, which I understand. You know, today it's all hydraulics. Back then, they had just cables running around. Sure. You're doing this like like yeah, an old go kart. It looks like insanity. Like you see the whole video. It's it's, just it's a controlled. Uh, it's pitiful. 
but it worked. And yeah. uh, so he enjoyed that, and yeah. he did. And Phil had been on the history of the city. He did the things he didn't know. He was asking questions about that. So we made a nice 30-minute adventure. And when he got ready to leave, I said, Mr. President, is there any way I could get a photograph or something? He said, yeah, I can arrange that for you. Yeah. So. And he, uh, he was president at that point, right? He had just—he was—he uh, pre- just left the office. Okay. Uh, just shortly after that, yeah. Okay. Because I know Reagan came to Richmond. I don't know if he probably didn't, I don't know if he needed a haircut. He didn't point. need a haircut. Uh, you know, like I say, oh my gosh, all the people. You know, I, I took care of Joe Lewis. Oh, nice. John John, John, uh, Cab Calloway. I mean, the list goes and, on. And on how's Cab Calloway? I mean, how's how's he fit? I mean, how's, I mean, that was he just amazing, or was he and. Yeah, I mean, it, how, how did that work out? Well, you know what, let me tell you. Uh, one of the bellhops... And when, when is that? That happened probably back in the uh, late 70s or something. Okay. And I get a phone call, and it, it, was, uh, it was him. Okay. And I said, uh, and I thought it was a buddy playing a trick on me. Right. And he was staying in the hotel. He said, okay, I'm in room so and so and so and so and so I said, yeah, right, who is this? Because the bellhops play tricks on me and stuff. Sometimes. Sure. And I, I could tell he was really getting upset. I said, so I go around the front desk, and it was showing up. He was up there. So I get my stuff. I go up and I cut his hair up in his room. Okay, right. So it was a private visit. Yeah, it was a private visit, and he um, was so nice. And I told him he's alright, sorry. So he was alright with. But before he left, the bus pulled out front. And he got off, knocked in the window, and I he, we said kind by really a nice gentleman. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually- and that's the things I enjoy about what I do. I love. I have the ability to do what I do. Lord bless me with that. And but the other, to, to be part of people. God told me not long ago. He said, "You know, Hugh, if uh, they cut your tongue out, you'd have to sell your scissors." I <laughs> might be a little truth to that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, man, I, yeah. I sure would love to uh, go see Cap Calloway play some music. Oh too, man, he was heading to Virginia, uh, University of Virginia, to play. Okay. Oh, he's just coming back, going to William and Mary. That's what. It right. Was, yeah. Right. He was heading to William and Mary. And, um, oh, I love that music. Because I mean, we've had like, a, you know, it seems like the, the music scene has been, you know, moved around a bit, right? I mean, was there, I guess even, like, I mean, is there a time when it was, there was some kind of jumping music scene here? Or, I mean, this place and, upstairs in the ballrooms and all was a constant, something like that constantly going on. Okay. Met Elvis Presley three different occasions. Nice. And we and did had he a play here or stay here? He stayed here. Okay. Or stay here. Because I believe, did he play at the Landmark? I could be, I he played at the Coliseum. Okay. And uh, when he first came here, he stayed a block from my house with a guy named Rayleigh, uh, Rayleigh Appliance Center. And he sponsored him back in 1957, and I told him about <laughs> it. And we had this warm conversation about, uh, matter of fact, I have a picture of him on the book we did. Right, yeah, yeah, I saw the picture. And yeah. so that's 1957, that's yeah. it. I mean, he's not really even that famous yet. He's just staying at somebody's he house. Was, uh, like, he was just starting to hit his stride a little bit. Yeah. And just still he crashing on couches and stuff. I mean, that's like, or, you know, that just seems, it's hard for me to even imagine Elvis just, you know, bunking at someone's house. Bunk like, there. And, and uh, Skeeter, my best friend, it was uh, Bill Raley, Bill Raley, Planet Center. Skeeter said, well, guess who saved the house last night? I said, that Elvis Presley, Elvis, Elvis. I think I heard that, you know. <laughs> That's excellent. And I told uh, Miss Presley that. I said, you know, 
flagged it down. But he, he really enjoyed the conversation. It made him smile that he thought of a time right back then and sure. he remembered the situation him staying there. And all. Yeah. yeah, and so I guess when he played at the Coliseum, that would have been a little bit more rotund, right? I mean, that would have been. Uh, that was packed. I went to that. I went to two of the concerts. But like, I, like, I can't even think that like he when yeah. he actually passed away. But um, what could have been too much after the Coliseum? Uh, right? One time I saw him. He really looked really good. The next last time we saw him was in. He was. Was it when did he die? Late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, that's old, thought, forty right? some years old. So. Uh, Eighty. I don't know, but he really chunked up. Sure. You know? Yeah. Sure. And so you saw him all those times? Yeah, I went over to the Coliseum and saw him there and enjoyed that. Yeah. I'm sure it's still a hell of a show, though, right? Yeah, that's if fine. You, if you want to come back and do yeah. another... Yeah, we'll try to come back on another day. That's fine. I'm not trying to hold you up. Yeah, and, uh, he's the guy hit down there. You know, I get in. Yeah, that's fine. Well, yeah. thank you very much for your time, Hugh. Oh, man. And, uh, yeah, like I said, we'll try and work this out on another yeah. day, mix it up a little bit. And, uh, I love yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, hope it helped you some. Yeah, I hope so. I think, I think it'll be good. That was it. Thank you very much for listening. That was Hugh Campbell. He is the owner and a barber down at John Marshall Barbershop. That barbershop, again, is at 509 East Franklin Street. If you need a haircut, if you're as shaggy as I am right now, go down there. Go check it out. And, you know, again, it was the first conversation I recorded, so I want to actually go down and ask him again about Winston Churchill. Maybe just have a little uh, mini episode, if I could just get that in. Um, I think that's fantastic that Winston Churchill came. I've heard some stories that I cannot substantiate, um, which maybe in some uh, future episodes I'll be able to substantiate some some pretty interesting stories about Winston Churchill in Richmond. Um, But, uh, you know, the uh, the next episode is going to be with uh, Mark Greeno. He is one of the historians. He's probably the main historian at the Virginia State Capitol. And most folks that know anything about the Virginia State Capitol are going to say, oh yeah, Thomas Jefferson designed that. Or Thomas Jefferson built that. Um, Thomas Jefferson did not build it. He actually didn't see, he saw very little of the actual uh, building. He did design it, or he's given credit for designing it. But it's far more complicated than Jefferson just designing the building. Um, so we're going to get into that, and it's, it's a pretty interesting conversation. Uh, I wish I could have actually had, I mean, if, maybe I'll try and revisit Mark, but I could do about five episodes, five hour-long episodes, just about what Mark knows about the Capitol and still feel a little bit pressed for time. If you have any uh, you know, guests that you would like to suggest, um, whether the historians like Mark Greeno or even, you know, just somebody who's been around for you know for quite a while, like Hugh Campbell. Um, let me know, and you can do that on Facebook, History Replays Today, on Twitter, History Replays at History Replays, on Tumblr, History Replays Today, or HistoryRepliesToday.org. Just post something on there, or you can email me, Jeff Major, J E F F M A J E R, at HistoryRepliesToday.org. Also, I'm going to add this on here. Sponsorships of the History Replays Today podcast are oh so affordable. Richmonders oh so love their history. And make it a great day.